Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. We've been in a series all summer long, June, July, and throughout August, entitled The Summer of Wisdom, where we've been looking at the skills that we need to live life well. And uh, today, I'm going to be sharing with you some particular skills that will help you arrive at the destination that you want to arrive in in your life. So I hope you brought something to maybe take some notes with. Get out your phones, open up the notes section of your phone, get out some paper, get out a pen. If you don't have that, borrow it, steal it from your neighbor, tell them you'll give it to them later. And I want you to open your hearts to hear what God has to say to us. Um, I, I do want to let you know that today uh, we are going to end the... Um, Summer of Wisdom series today, there's some things that God has been stirring on my heart that I think uh, I, I need to share next Sunday. Uh, so here thou be warned, thou shalt not miss next Sunday. Uh, there's some things that, that I believe that God is saying. I had a different message all lined out for next Sunday, uh, but how many of you know I'd rather just kind of follow what the Lord wants to do in the moment? Uh, that's the beautiful thing about being a, a spirit-filled and spirit-empowered person. I, all the pressure kind of gets off when you start to just follow what God's saying. And uh, so we're going to do that next Sunday. And then at the beginning of September, uh, we're going to launch a brand new series that I can't wait to bring to you. It'll be five weeks long. It's called Faith Works. Faith Works. How many of you know sometimes you need your faith just to work? And sometimes you just got to work your faith. And we're going to talk about how faith works and how we can work it uh, uh, to, so that we get to where we want to go. So it's all right to laugh, y'all. Just, just, just loosen a little bit. It'll be, it'll be all right. So that's coming up in two weeks. So, uh, but next Sunday will kind of set us up for that into the future. So, so please, please be here if you can. And uh, it's, it's going to be a great, great time. Proverbs chapter 4. I want to read uh, a few verses. Proverbs 4, starting in verse 24. This is what God's word says. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. All those things that you want to say when the hammer hits your thumb, keep those things far from your mouths and keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze. Everybody say, fix your gaze. Fix your gaze directly before you, not beside you, not around you, not behind you, but where? Before you. Keep your, fix them. Don't, don't lock eyes ahead of you and don't move off that spot. Keep your eyes fixed. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast. Everybody say steadfast. Be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left but keep your foot from evil. Keep your foot from evil. I want to bring a message to you today entitled Cab Rides. We're going to go on a cab ride today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We know that it's alive, it's living. We ask God that today, as these words are coming from my mouth, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would take them and tailor apply them, tailor make them for every situation, and Lord, that it would benefit everyone specifically as they listen. So Father, we thank you that you're here with us, we honor you, and we say we love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Amen. Uh, all, all participation here as a church, how many of you have ever been in a cab ride before? Hands up. Ever been in a cab ride, an Uber ride, a Lyft ride, something like, hey, hands down. How many of you have ever been in a cab ride over in another country before? Come on, that's a whole new level of needing Jesus. Uh, a couple years ago, I went uh, uh, to Guatemala with our missions team, and uh, we got the joy of experiencing the ride in their taxis that they call tuk-tuks, right? And uh, now, before you get going too crazy and thinking it's something wonderful, a tuk-tuk is like a moped mixed with like an umbrella stroller that you push like double kids in to go running in. Right, and they give you just about that much room in a back seat. I got some footage. I want to. I want you to take a look at this tuk-tuk ride. Uh, go ahead, fellas. You can play this. You can see the little moped right there. We're riding on these bumpy streets, and in this particular tuk-tuk, it's really enough space for two people about my size. Uh, but next to me, you can see that I have uh, Matthew Wells. Uh, next to me. And what you don't see is that there's actually a third person in this tuk-tuk with us. As we're driving crazy speeds, faster than mopeds are supposed to go, they take the governors right off those suckers. And you get these little uh, plastic windshields to keep you out of wind and the rain. And you squeeze right in and you just take a little bummy ride as you go down the streets. It's just a wonderful ride. But it helps you get from point A to point B. Many of us are at point A in our lives, but we're wanting to get to point B. We're at one place, one stop in our life, but we need transportation. We need a vehicle. We need a mode of movement to get us to where God has designed for us to be. The dreams that are in our heart, the hopes that we have, the promises that we've been holding on to, the things that we believe are ahead, but we haven't yet seen. Come on, am I helping anybody? Like, like that's where we want to get. And there is a vehicle. There is a cab ride that we need to get to get from A to B. And we can't just get in any old cab, though. You don't want to get in a cab that has to strictly go in one direction. You want to get in the cab that can take you to your destination. And I think that in Proverbs, we see that there is a cab ride that we need to get in to help us get to where we want to go and need to go. You're like, Pastor, I read Proverbs 4. I heard you read that. I didn't see mention of any tuk-tuk or cab or Uber. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Well, let, let me help you out with some things. As I was studying this out, this kind of came alive to me as you look at it. In Proverbs chapter 4, 24 through 27, you see things like mouth mentioned. Lips are mentioned. Feet are mentioned. Eyes are mentioned. All of those, all through the book of Proverbs, those are just symbols for communication, attention, and behavior. Mouth, lips, feet, hands, eyes, all of those are just symbols all through the book of Proverbs. Everywhere you see something about feet mentioned, what's it? it's talking about behavior. Everywhere it talks about your eyes and your gaze. What is that? What, what do you, you give attention. Anytime it's talking about your mouth and your lips and your words, what is that? That's talking about communication. Communication, attention, and behavior. That's the cab that we need to get in. I know, I know, it's a little silly, it's a little cheesy, it's a little corny. I broke one of my preacher rules. Never use an acronym. We talked about pet peeves last week. One of mine that I didn't include on that list are churches who overuse acronyms. 
I don't like acronyms because you have to have a decipher code to understand what said acronym is, right? And you walk into a place and they've got acronyms for everything and you're like, uh, uh, can I have a decoder ring, please? I'm not, a, and it automatically makes you feel like on the outside of something. And we don't want people at church ever to feel like they're on the outside. Why? Because this is a place you can belong. You don't have to believe or understand. You can just show up and hang out for a little bit and know that this is a safe place for you to belong. And so acronyms are kind of a big thing for me. I don't really use them, but I couldn't help but notice this one. So I broke a rule. Forgive me. Let's walk it through. And I think it's going to really help us make sure that at the end of this, we know the destiny that we're moving towards and not only where we're going, but how in the world can we arrive at that destination? How can we arrive at our dream? How can we arrive at the things that, that we want to see happen? And how can we get there? We're going to talk about it. And it's when we get into the right cab, communication, attention, and behavior. Let's talk about C, this first one, communication. Communication. How many of you know when it comes to communication, tone matters? Tone matters. It's not sometimes what you say, but how you say it that makes all the difference in the world. When you read a text message, if you read it with an angry tone, you might get upset at said text message. When you read an email and you've got a little sarcasm going on this morning, and all of a sudden it sounds really sarcastic and negative, what, it's not what they said, perhaps. It's your interpretation of what they said through the tone with which you were reading it. Can I, can I pause and just help marriages for just a second? Did you know that in your marriage there are certain tones and frequencies that you can use that help you to communicate and some that you use that will hurt your communication? You got a, you got a strange look on your face. Let me explain a little bit. Let me help, help somebody out just for a minute. It's not going to take long. Gentlemen, there is a certain tone and a frequency that your wife only can really hear on. Hold on. Don't start laughing because ladies, guys are next too. So don't, don't start throwing stuff at me. Here's the tone and the frequency. Fellas, this will help you in your marriage. Girls only and best understand and hear and understand through the tone of security. Anytime you're sharing something and it sounds like you don't care and it sounds like you have no opinion and it sounds like you are disinterested and it sounds like they are on their own to fix it, they all of a sudden don't feel very secure. Security is a huge need for women to know, to know that they are safe, they are secure, that you're there to protect and help and cover and love. Security is a huge thing. And so anytime you're using words that are contrary to that of a tone and a frequency of security, it, they're going to have a hard time hearing it. Now, ladies, let me help you out. Fellas, they are tone deaf. It is true. But if you want them to hear what you have to say, and actually respond and retain it and like it. There is a tone that you can speak in, a frequency that you can throw the words on and phrase some things in such a way that will help them hear it, love it, and ask for more, please. Are you ready? Here it is. It's the tone of honor. Anytime you say something and it doesn't sound like you are honoring them, they have a hard time hearing it. Anytime it sounds negative, anytime it sounds like they can't, 
Anytime it sounds like you're just coming down and you're frustrated and you're upset and it sounds a little bit on that negative side and why can't you and I wish you would and my daddy always, all of a sudden, they, they can't hear it. All of a sudden, something inside a guy says, what did you say to me? What's up, bro? Like at work, you got to deal with other men. You speak in a way that helps them know that they're valued and honored and they'll, they'll respond and hear anything you have to say. But the minute it gets out of that tone, out of that frequency, something in a guy was like, their blood pressure just starts to rise. And they are incapable of coherently remembering and understanding what you're saying. Because all they're hearing is, are you talking to me like this? You best watch the words that are coming, right? Like it just, there's frequencies. It matters. Tone matters. When it comes to communication, it's not just about your tone, though. It matters, and we've got to understand it, but, but it's not just tone that matters. Verse 24 says, keep your mouth free from perversity. In other words, there's a specific way to talk, and there's a specific way not to talk. Keep, you, keep corrupt talk far from your lips. In other words, it's saying this, your words matter. When it comes to communication and things that come from your mouth, your words, they matter. Did you realize that there are over 200 different times in the book of Proverbs alone that mentions how important and the impact that your words have on your life? 200 different times it tells you to watch your mouth and to speak things that are full of life. It says things like life and death are in the power of your tongue. In other words, it's saying what you are communicating out loud, it matters. There's either life being, being fostered or there is death that you are, are believing for. We have to watch what we say because our words, they matter. Words, check this out. Words are like the sails of a ship. They direct where we go in our lives. Your words point you in the direction that you will go in. In other words, if you're not liking the direction your life is heading, I think it's time to change the sails a little bit. How do you change the sails? Change how you talk. Change how you talk. Uh, we've been making a concerted effort, or I've been making a concerted effort with, in the context of my own family to change some of the things that, that I've been saying. So when my kids come and they say, Daddy, can we do this, 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 and this? Instead of saying, baby, we can't afford that. True, perhaps a true statement, seems accurate. And instead of speaking something that aligns my life with poverty and lack, I've reoriented the sales and the words that come out of my mouth instead are, baby, I don't think we're gonna spend money on that today. Rather than acknowledging and saying and speaking that, man, it's all gonna fall apart, I'm never gonna have, I won't have, it won't be, I'm always gonna be sick, I'm always this, and I'm all, no, I'm just gonna realign my sails so that the words that come out of my mouth are actually gonna point me in a direction that says my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches. Not my riches, come on, daddy, big bucks, got them things that I, right, he's got it. I'm going to align my words. Some of you, you only talk depression coming out of your mouth. You need to quit talking about depression. You need to start talking about the joy of the Lord that is your strength. And I, I woke up, and it's a good day. I woke up on this side of the dirt. Let's go, somebody. Let's bring it. Let's have a good day, right? Like Some of us got to realign our sails so that we're heading in the direction that we want to go. Communication matters. Your words 
set the sails for the direction you want to go in your life. If negativity is always coming out of your mouth, you will always live in a negative world. You have to line your sails to go in the right, in the right direction. So your words matter, but please don't miss this. Your words, they do matter, but God's whisper matters more. You can have all the positive talk that you want, but if you're not hearing God's whisper, you have no wind to power those sails. I'm going to amen myself in a minute. The whisper of the Lord in your daily life is what powers the sails that give you the ability to go in the direction that you've been talking. We've got to learn to hear the whispers of God. Are your your words aligning with the whisper of God? In, In other words, the wind is always blowing. He is always speaking. But if your life isn't moving in a godly direction, it's not because he's not speaking. It's because your sails are pointed in the wrong direction. So if you start pointing your sails in the direction that God wants you to go in, and you start saying the right things and line up with what he said in his word, all of a sudden your words are powered by his whisper, and you're propelled towards your destiny and your future. Is this helpful? It's a skill that is vital to make sure you get where you want to go in your life. Communication, it, it matters. It matters. It matters. But communication isn't the only thing. That's not the only part of the cab that we need to get in. The second thing that we need is attention. Everybody say attention. Communication creates attention. Communication creates Attention. If I were to stand here and say, oh my God, y'all got to look at this. No, seriously, you take a look at that. Right, right. Do you know how many people of y'all just started looking? I saw several of you just start looking, right? Why? Because I communicated something and it shifted your attention. I love baseball, but it's a little confusing when you're sitting in the stands watching because a foul ball is hit up into the stands and everybody yells, heads Right? And what does everybody do who's never been to a baseball game? Heads up. No, dummy, that's not what you're supposed to do. It means cover up your head, not look up with your head. Right? Like, you would think, I know it's confusing, and lots of stuff about baseball is confusing, but I love it, and it's awesome, and it's great and wonderful. But this part is a little confusing. I get it. But it's your words, your communication that creates the attention. It's your words that create the attention. It's your words that create the attention. In fact, this comes into play. Psychology has coined two special phrases to help us understand this this dynamic. The first is what's called selective attention. This is what kicks in when you're struck by a new word, an object, or an idea. And after that, you unconsciously begin to keep an eye out for that word, that idea, and that object. And as a result, you find that word, that object, that idea show up often. Why? Because it's selective. Somehow, things that you've been talking about, all of a sudden you notice them more. 
Which is why you need to be careful the things that you watch and you talk about because if you're only watching things that are producing fear in your life and you wonder why all of a sudden when you lay your head down at night, you can't help but be afraid and anxious and worried all the time. Why? Because you've turned with your words, your attention to something that's creating anxiety within you that God never said for you to focus on, but you've been focusing on it. And you can't help, your brain is hardwired to focus on those things. It's called selective attention. And then the second thing that they talk about is this. It's called confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. It's when uh, it reassures you that after each time you see that thing, it is only further proof that your impression is right. And overnight, it seems like that very thing has gained omnipresence in your world. So you talk about how the world is full of hate all the time. And all of a sudden, everywhere you look, people are just so full of hate. And you can't help but notice how full of hate it is. And it just seems like hate is everywhere in our world. How does that happen? Is there hate in our world? Absolutely there is. Why? Because the devil is a liar and people are believing it. But in your life, you don't have to see it all the time. What if you started looking for the good in people and you started thinking about the good in people and you started telling people about the good that you saw in their life? All of a sudden, overnight, you begin to selectively process and recognize the good in people. And then all of a sudden, that good begins to show up everywhere. And everywhere you see, you see people that are kind and generous and loving and courteous. And they got good manners. And man, look at those young people. They, they got good manners. Why? Because you're looking for it. Why? Because your words create your attention. Communication creates attention. Communication creates attention. Teachers, when that problem kid starts to show up in your classroom, quit looking at all of the problems and look for an excuse to catch them and to praise them doing the right thing, even if it's a little thing, like they sharpen their pencil correctly. I mean, you got to make stuff up sometimes. Teachers be like, you sharpened your pencil. You are awesome, pal. Way to go. Thank you for following the rules. And just look for ways to speak come on, to speak good things to their lives. And all of a sudden, you start seeing it show up more and more, and they start living it out more and more and more. Why? Because you're speaking in the tone of honor, and you're speaking in the tone of everything is going to be okay, and this is a safe place. Come on, do I got to spell it? This is good stuff. It's the cab ride that's going to help you see and experience life to its fullest. Communication and attention. But here's the great thing about attention. Attention fosters our affection. Your attention creates, cultivates your affection. Your words help you to create attention. And the things that you are attentive to and pay attention to and adore and look at and think good about, those become your affections. That's why praise and worship is so powerful. Because all of a sudden you're singing songs like, what a beautiful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name. And all of a sudden these words are creating this attention and something begins to stir in your heart. That's called affection for God. That same thing can be applied in your marriage in your relationship, on your job. Some of you don't love your job because you're focused on everything but your job. 
if you would change the words that you speak about your place of employment and be grateful that you have employment and start looking for the good things in the place of your employment. And then all of a sudden, your words, your communication begins to create a new level of attention. You're like, you know, this isn't a bad place to work. It's a pretty good place to work. And all of a sudden, it changes and your heart changes because your attention changed. Your affection gets more. It becomes a pleasant thing. Why? Because your attention has shifted. Come on. Instead of focusing on the wrong thing, if we want to shift our focus, we got to shift our words. But once we shift our words, we can shift our focus. And once our focus begins to shift, all of a sudden our heart is alive and we are affectionate. And there is a new level of affection that is growing in our heart. If you want your relationship with God to grow and develop and to flourish, have some good communication that creates a new level of attention because that's what fosters this real, deep, authentic affection. Praise is the affection that points our attention towards Christ. If you feel like the love and the passion and the hope and the the zeal that's dissipating in your life in any arena, trace it back to the thing that you've been giving the most attention to because that's where your affections are beginning to go. Isn't this great news? It helps you understand that you don't have to be a slave to your feelings, but rather you can reorient your feelings to where you want to go in your life. That's why the apostle says we get to walk by faith and not by sight, because we get to choose the things that we look at. We get to choose the things. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. And that's the direction that you'll start going. That's the, that's the direction you will love to go. That's how you can start doing some things with discipline and end up loving them with full delight. Why? Because your attention has been fixed on the discipline that's helped you get past this habit, get past this addiction, get past this mindset, get past this way of living that you feel stuck in, and you get past it because there's a new level of delight and affection that shows up, and you're excited to do these things now rather than feeling like, I ain't gonna do this again. And all of a sudden, parenting doesn't become a drag. It becomes a great delight because communication and our attention are helping us link up our affection in the right direction. Attention also births our behavior. Communication, attention, behavior. Attention births our behavior. It's the things you look at and focus on and pay attention to that will help you cultivate the right or wrong behaviors in your life. It's the last part of the cab ride. Communication, attention, behavior. It says in verse 26, give careful thought, attention, to the path for your feet, behavior. Give careful thought, attention, to the paths for your feet, behavior, and be steadfast in all that you do. Give careful thought to where your feet are going. In other words, you have to evaluate your daily decisions and actions consistently. It's not the behavior that you intend to do that you actually do. 
It's the behavior that you constantly evaluate if you are doing it that you'll eventually do. What? Plato said it like this, casual Plato reference in the middle of a sermon, points for the pastor. Plato said it like this, the unexamined life is not worth living. Some of you set your sails years ago and you've been focused on the same thing year after year after year and you've never gone back to examine if your words and your attention are getting you where you want to go. You just assume life is happening around you and you just got to deal with what comes your way rather than understanding that you actually have the power to change your life. When you submit to Jesus Christ and you begin to acknowledge him in all of your ways, he begins to straighten out your paths that have been a little bit drunk all along the way. Come on. You can start walking in the line that you want to walk in. Why? Because the Lord is directing your paths, because you're communicating and saying things that are aligning your sails to his word, and that word is propelling you forward into your life, and it's creating a greater level of attention, growing affection in your life, and it shows up in your daily decisions and your behavior to where you want to live a godly life. You don't want to get drunk every weekend. You don't want to go get high every weekend. You don't want to have that potty talk coming out of your mouth. You don't want to treat people like trash. You don't want to look at your life as less than, but rather start believing God that it's more than enough, that he's made you more than a conqueror, that he said he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you would ever ask, hope, or think, or imagine according to the power that works in us. Through him be Christ in the glory of his church. Amen. I'm blowing some wind today, friends. I hope you start aligning your sails and it creates a new level of attention, which grows some affection, which happens to change your behavior. It's your daily decisions that actually will help deliver you towards your destination. And when you get all three of these things in line going in the same direction, you're in the right cab. You're in the right cab. You're in the right cab at that point. Why? Because your communication, your attention, and your behavior, it matters. Attention births our behavior. Sometimes you need to get feedback from other people as it relates to where your feet have been walking in your life. Teenagers, let me help you out. Your parents aren't dumb. They know some things. Your parents want God's best for your life. They're not trying to control you and suck fun out of life. Your parents, believe it or not, used to be fun. (laughs) As teenagers, as young people, Can I help you with something? Your parents are there to communicate so that your attention stays in the right place, so that your behavior is actually going to move you towards God's destiny and God's best for your life, not away from it. This is where we need other people to help balance you out. I love this word steadfast for your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. Can you you imagine for a minute if I was walking a tightrope, right? That would be really difficult to balance in my life and to get where I want to go without causing damage to my bones. But you know what would sure help me take a step in a more steady way? If I had somebody on my left and somebody on my right that was walking in the same direction I was walking in, 
right? And with every step, it was a little more steadfast because I was moving in a direction that God said to do. And I have people around my life that I've got my hands on their shoulders and I'm just, I'm just, come on. And I'm walking and I'm walking and I'm walking and I'm moving and I'm watching where my feet are going, right? My foot is not going to slip. I ain't going to trip up, twist an ankle, broke it, broke a foot. No, I'm going to keep walking because I've, I got steadiness on each side. I got people in my life that are helping me walk in the right direction and not the wrong direction. Don't avoid the people in your life. Bring the right godly people into your life and start walking that path. That's why finding a connect group is so important. That's why being and starting your own connect group is so important. Why? Because you're able to gather people and say, you know what? Hey, we're going to walk this tightrope called life together. And we're just going to walk. It ain't going to be perfect. It ain't always going to be pretty. You might stumble and slip, but every foot that I make is going to be steadfast. I'm going to watch where my feet are. You're going to watch where your feet are. We're going to watch our feet together, and we're going to move in the direction in our life, and our behavior begins to point towards Jesus rather than away from Jesus. Your behavior is going to be built on your daily choices. Your daily decisions will create the behavior that you have tomorrow. How do you make sure you make the right decision today? It's easy. It's called having the right attention, having your attention in the right place. How do you get your attention in the right place? You start talking the right way that lines up with God's word and you begin to align your sails. So you align your sails with your words. God begins to speak some things and shows some things and starts moving you forward in some things. And it's like, oh, this is great momentum. And you just keep your attention in the right place because you're sailing in the right direction now. You're moving in the direction that God has for your life now. You're moving in the way that God wants you to go. And then, and then not only that, but you're so attentive to those things, your behavior begins to line up. And all of a sudden, things that used to trip you up don't trip you up anymore. Things that used to be a problem aren't a problem anymore. And it's not because you tried to create a new behavior modification in your life. It's just because you decided to change how you talk, which changed what you thought about all the time, which changed some new levels of what you were affectionate towards and what you were passionate about. And that created a new desire to create new behaviors and new choices and that behavior is taking you to a new place am I helping anybody this morning I don't want you to miss this I don't want you to miss this behavior is the last component it's not the first People start coming to church and all of a sudden, church people try to make their behavior line up in the right place. Behavior is the last thing to worry about. God cares about it, but that's not the place where God likes to start. Why? Because behavior modification is not the name of the Christian game. Complete and total affectionate surrender to Jesus Christ is the name of the game. He'll deal with the behavior as, as we walk with the Lord. Why? Because as we change the words that we say, we begin to line up with what his word says. And those things change our attention. And that attention creates a new behavior. And then when God wants to work on another behavior, he addresses the way you talk about some things. And you're not allowed to talk about poverty anymore and how you're stuck somewhere and you can't move forward and God can't bless you and this thing won't happen and your education is limited. No, you quit talking about that junk. 
Oh, Jesus, help me. And then you start creating the right attention to move in the right direction. And your attention begins to help you establish your feet and your behavior changes. And then God wants to work on another behavior. And so he starts back at your heart. Why? Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth, mm, the mouth speaks. God's not about your behavior. He wants to change your heart. He wants to change your heart first. Does he care about your behavior? Absolutely he does. But your behavior isn't what's going to send you to hell. I just busted some of your theology. It's the belief or unbelief in your heart that determines where you spend eternity. It's your behavior that will determine how you spend eternity. God is after your heart. Behavior is the last component. Hearing God's whisper is the first component. Hearing God whisper three amazing words. I love you. I made you. You are my son and daughter. from heaven begin to change our attention and unlock some affection. You know why I weep when I worship? Because I got so much affection for God. I can't help but think about him. can't help but talk about him. It's just a part of who I am. He's done something and it's changing my behavior on a daily basis. Not because I have to and I have to follow rules and if I don't do this, then I'll mess up and things. No, 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 no. It started way back here with my heart because he whispered something that changed me and it's reverberated and it's echoing inside of me and it's moving me closer towards him every day. It's about allowing God's whisper to fix our attention in a new place. Here's the promise. You might be sitting there, Pastor, I've never heard God's whisper. I've never heard God speak. My question is, have you ever listened? The promise of his word is, my sheep hear my voice. Didn't say only on Sundays. Didn't say only if you're an unblemished sheep. He just said, my sheep hear my voice. If you are in the sheepfold of Jesus Christ, if you said yes to him, friends, you have everything you need with the ability to hear him whisper to you this week. If you've never submitted your life to Jesus, you need to say, yeah, I want to be one of your sheep. And make that commitment and say, God, I want to follow you. I want to surrender my life to you. I want you to do something in my heart today. My sheep hear my voice. I'm going to challenge all of you today. I double dog dare you every day this week to pray this simple prayer. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Turn off the notifications on your phone. Find a quiet place. Give yourself three minutes. Speak, Lord servant is listening. Would you say that prayer with me? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Say it again. Speak, Lord. Your servant 
is listening and then listen. Listen. What thoughts come to your mind? What verses are you reminded of? What, what do you hear? Just, just jot it down. Just jot it down. And then the next day, wake up, spend some time in the day and just say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Why? Because it's not a Sunday only thing. It's a Monday to Monday thing. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Will you stand with me? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, this is for me. I want to hear God speak. I want to change the, I want to change the cab that I've been in and I want to go in God's direction. You, you say this week, I'm going to listen for God's voice. Would you just lift a hand in the air as a, as a response and say, I'm going to listen for God's voice this week. I'm going to listen for God's voice. Father, you see these hands? God, I ask that you would honor our petitions and our prayers. Speak to us, Lord, this week. Give us ears to hear. Open our eyes to see some things, God. Speak whispers to our heart and may our words align with those whispers and create a new level of attention in our life and grow affection in our lives and Lord may that attention create a new behavior and that behavior help deliver us to the place that you want us to go but Lord we wanted to start with your voice this week speak Lord we're gonna listen you can put your hands down if you're here and you'd say pastor I've never said yes to Jesus, but today I want to come into the sheepfold. I want to be a part of God's family. I want to become a child of God. Today is my day. I want to say yes to Jesus. If you've never said yes or you need to say yes again, would you just put a hand up in the air? We want to pray with you today. Hands up. Just say yes. I want to say yes to Jesus. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Church family, can we all pray this together? Say, dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is your son. And I believe that he came for me. That he died on a cross for me. He was buried for me. And he raised to life three days later for me. I accept Jesus as my Lord, as my captain, as the CEO of my life. I want to be in your family a child of God, one of your sheep that hears your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord?